Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter 17, The Lost God Speaks. We ran until we were exhausted. Rachel steered us away from the traps, but we had no destination in mind, only away from that dark mountain and the roar of Kronos. We stopped in a tunnel of white, of wet, white rock, like part of a natural cave. I couldn't hear anything from behind us, but I didn't feel any safer. I couldn't still remember those unnatural golden eyes staring out of Luke's eyes and feeling that my limbs were slowly turning to stone. I can't go any further, Rachel gasped, hugging her chest. Annabeth had been crying the entire time we'd, we'd been running. Now she collapsed and put her head between her knees. Her sobs echoed in the tunnel. Nico and I sat next to each other. He dropped his sword to mine, next to mine, and took a shaky breath. That sucked, he said, which I thought summed up things pretty well. You saved our lives, I said. Nico wiped the dust off his face. Blame the girls for dragging me along. That's the only thing they could agree on. We needed to help you or you'd mess things up. Nice that they trust me so much. I showed my flashlight across the cavern. Water dripped from the satellites like a slow-motion rain. Nico, you, uh, kind of gave yourself away. What do you mean? That wall of black stone? That was pretty impressive. If Kronos didn't know who you were before, now he does. A child of the underworld. Nico frowned. Big deal. I let it drop. I figured he was just trying to hide how scared he was, and I couldn't blame him. And Beth lifted her head. Her eyes were red from crying. What? What was wrong with Luke? What did they do to him? I told her I'd seen him, what I'd seen in the coffin, the way the last piece of Chrono's spirit had entered Luke's body when Ethan Nakamura pledged his service. No, Annabeth said. That can't be true. He, he couldn't. He gave himself over to Chronos, I said. I'm sorry, Annabeth, but Luke is gone. No, she insisted. You saw when Rachel hit him. I nodded, looking at Rachel with respect. You hit the Lord of the Titans with an, in the eye with a bl- plastic blue hairbrush. Rachel looked embarrassed. It was the only thing I had. But you saw, Annabeth insisted. When it hit him, just for a second, he was dazed. He came back to his senses. So maybe Kronos wasn't completely settled in the body or whatever. I said, it doesn't mean Luke was in control. You want him to be evil? That's it? Annabeth yelled. You didn't know him before, Percy. I did. What's it with you? I snapped. Why do you always keep defending him? Whoa, you two, Rachel said. Knock it off. Annabeth turned on her. Stay out of it, mortal girl. If it wasn't for you... Whatever she was going to say, her voice broke. She put her head down again and sobbed miserably. I wanted to confront her, but I didn't know how. I still felt stunned, like Kronos' time-slowing effect had affected my brain. I just couldn't comprehend what I'd seen. Kronos was alive. He was armed. And the end of the world is probably close at hand. We have to keep moving, Nico said. He'll send monsters after us. Nobody was in shape to run, but Nico was right. I held myself up and helped reach Rachel to her feet. You're great back there, I told her. She managed a weak smile. Yeah, well, I didn't want you to die, she blushed. I mean, just because, you know, you owe me too many favors. 
How am I gonna collect them if you die? I knelt next to Annabeth. Hey, I'm sorry, but we need to move. I know, she said. I'm, I'm alright. She was clearly not alright. But she got through her feet and she started straggling through the labyrinth again. Back to New York, I said. Rachel, can you... I froze. A few meters in front of us, my flashlight beam fixed on a trampled clump of red fabric laying on the ground. It was a rasta cap. The one Grover always wore. My hands shook as I picked up the cap. I didn't like it. I didn't... It looked like it had been stepped on. On one huge, muddy boot. After all that... I'd gone through today. I couldn't stand the thought that something might have happened to Grover, too. Then I noticed something else. The cave, the cave floor was mushy and wet from the water dripping of the stalactites. There were large footprints like Tyson's and smaller ones, go goat hooves, off to the left. We have to follow them, I said. They went that way. It must have been recently. What about Camp Half-Blood, Nico said. There's no time. We have to find them, Annabeth insisted. They're our friends. She picked up Grover's smashed cap and forged ahead. I followed, bracing myself for the worst. The tunnel was, was treacherous. It slopped, it sloped at weird angles, and was so slimy in moisture. Half the time, we were slipping and sliding rather than walking. Finally, we got to the bottom of a slope and find ourselves in a large cavern, cave, with huge stalactite columns. Through the center of the room ran an underground river, and Tyson was sitting by the bank, cradling Grover in his lap. Grover's eyes were closed. He wasn't moving. Tyson! I yelled. Percy, come quick! We ran over to him. Grover wasn't dead, thanks to gods, but his whole body was trembling like he was freezing to death. What happened? I asked. So many things, Tyson murmured. Large snake, large dogs, men with swords, but then... We got close to here. Grover was ex excited. He ran. Then we reached this room, and he fell like this. Did he say anything? I asked. He said, we're close. Then he hit his head on the on rocks. I knelt, next, I knelt next to him. The only other time I'd seen Grover passed out was in New Mexico, when he felt the presence of Pan. I shone my flashlight around the cavern. The rocks glittered. At the far end was an entrance to another cave flanked by giant columns of crystal that looked like diamonds. And beyond that entrance... Grover, I said. Wake up. Uh... Annabeth knelt next to him and splashed icy cold water in his face. Splam! His eyes fluttered. Percy? Annabeth? Where? It's okay, I said. You passed out. The presence was too much for you. I... I remember Pan. Yeah, I said. Something powerful is just beyond that doorway. I made a quick introduction since Tyson and Grover had never met Rachel. Tyson told Rachel she was pretty, which made Annabeth's nostril flare like she was going to blow fire. Anyway, I said, come on, Grover, Learn, lean on me. Annabeth and I helped him up, and together we waddled across the underground river. The current was strong. The water came up to our waists. I willed myself to stay dry, which is a handy ability, but that didn't help the others, and I could feel the cold... Like wadding through a snowdrift. I think we're in Carlsbad Caverns, Annabeth said, her teeth chattering, chattering. Maybe an unexplored section. How do you know? Carlsbad's in New Mexico, she said. That would explain last winter. I nodded. 
Grover's swooning episode had happened when we passed through New Mexico. That's when he'd felt the closest to the power of Pan. When we got on water and kept walking, as the crystal pillars loomed larger, I started to feel the power in entering the room. I'd been in the presence of the gods before, but this was different. My skin tingled with living energy. My weariness fell away as if I just had a good night's sleep. I could feel myself grow stronger like one of those plants in the time-lapse video. And the scent coming from the cave was nothing like the dank, wet underground. It smelled of trees and flowers in a warm summer day. Grover whimpered with excitement. I was too stunned to talk. Even Nico seemed speechless. He stepped, to the ca- stepped into the cave and Rachel said, Oh, wow. The walls glittered with crystal, red, green, and blue. In the strange lights, beautiful plants grew. Giant orchids, star-shaped flowers, vines bursting with oranges and purple berries that crept among the crystals. The cave floor was covered with soft green moss. Overhead, the ceiling was higher than a cathedral, sparkling like a galaxy of stars. In the center of the cave sat a Roman-style bed, gilded wood, shaped like a curly U with velvet cushions. Animals lunged around it, but they were animals that shouldn't have been alive. There was a dodo dodo bird, something that looked like a cross between a wolf and a tiger, a huge rodent like the mother of all guinea pigs, and roaming behind the bed, picking berries with his trunk, was a woolly mammoth. On the bed lay an old old satyr. He watched as we approached, his eyes as blue as the sky. His curly hair was white, and he had a pointed beard. Even the goat fur on his legs were frosted with gray. His horns were enormous, glossy brown and curved. There's no way he could have hidden those under a hat the way Grover did. Around his neck hung a set of reed pipes. Grover felt his knees in front of the bed. Lord Pan! The god smiled kindly, but there was sadness in his eyes. Grover, my dear brave satyr, I have waited a very long time for you. I, I got lost, Grover apologized. Pan laughed. It was a wonderful sound, like the first breeze of springtime, filling the whole cavern with hope. The tiger wolf sighed and rested his head on the god's knee. The dodo bird pecked affectionately at the god's hooves, making a strange sound in the back of its bill. I could swear I was humming. It's a small world. Still, Pan looked tired. His whole form shimmered as if he were made of mist. I noticed my other friends kneeling. They had odd looks on their faces. I got to my knees. You have a humming doo-doo bird, I said stupidly. The god's eyes twinkled. Yes, that's Dee Dee, my little actress. Dee Dee the dodo looked offended. She pecked at Pan's knee and hummed something that sounded like a funeral dirge. This is the most beautiful place, Anbeth said. It's better than any building ever designed. I'm glad you like it, dear, Pan said. It is one of the last wild places. My realm above is gone, I'm afraid. Only the pockets remain, tiny pieces of life. This one shall stay undisturbed for a little longer. My lord, Grover said, please, you must come back with me. The elders will never believe it. They'll be overjoyed. You can save the wild. Pan placed his hand on Grover's head and ruffled his curly hair. You're so young, Grover, so good and true. I think I chose well. Chose, Grover said. I, I don't understand. Pan's image flickered, momentarily turning to smoke. The giant guinea pig scuttled under the bed with a terrified squeal. 
the woolly mammoth grunted nervously. Didi stuck her head under her wing. Then Pan reformed. I've slept many aeons, the god said fornally. My dreams have been dark. I wake fitful, and each time my waking is shorter. Now you're near the end. What? Grover cried. But no, you're right here. My dear satyr, Pan said. I tried to tell the world two thousand years ago. I announced it to Lysias, a satyr very much like you. He lived in Ephesus, and he tried to spread the word. And Beth's eyes were wide. The old story. A sailor passing by the coast of Eosis heard a voice crying from the shore. Tell them the great god Pan is dead. But that wasn't true, Rover said. Your kind never believed it, Pan said. Your sweet, stubborn satyrs refused to accept my passing. And I love you for that, but you only delayed the inevitable. You only prolonged my long, painful passing. My dark twilight sleep. It must end. No! Grover's voice trembled. Dear Pan, dear Grover, Pan said, you must accept the truth. Your companion, Nico, he understands. Nico nodded slowly. He's dying. Should have died long ago. This, this is more memory. But gods can't die, Grover said. They can fade, Pan said. When everything they stood for is gone, when they cease to have power, when their sacred place disappears. The wild, my dear Grover, is so small now. So shattered that no god can save it. My realm is gone. This is why I need you to carry a message. You must go back to the council. You must tell the satyrs and the dryads and the other spirits of nature that the great god Pan is dead. Tell them of my passing, because they must stop waiting for me to save them. I cannot. The only salvation you must make yourself. Each of you must... He stopped in front of the dodo bird who had started humming again. Didi, what are you doing? Pan demanded. Are you singing Kayamba again? Do Didi looked up innocently and blinked her eyes. Pan sighed. Everybody's a cynic. But, as I was saying, my dear Grover, each of you must take up my calling. But no, Grover whimpered. Be strong, Pan said. You have found me, and now you must release. You must carry on my spirit. I can no longer be carried by God. I must be taken, be carried by God. I must be taken up by all of you. Pan looked straight at me with his clear blue eyes and realized I wasn't just talking, he wasn't just talking about the satyrs. He meant half-bloods too, and humans and everyone. Percy Jackson, the god said. I know you have, what you have seen today. I know your doubts, but I give you this news. When the times comes, you will not be ruled by fear. He turned to Annabeth, daughter of Athena. Your time is coming. You will play a great role, though it may not be the role you imagined. Then he looked at Tyson. Master Cyclops, do not despair. Heroes rarely live up to our, to our expectations. But you, Tyson, your name shall live among the Cyclopses for generations. And Miss Rachel Dare. Rachel flinched when he said her name. She backed away like she was guilty of something, but Pan only smiled. He raised his hand in a blessing. I know you believe you can knock it. You cannot amends, he said. You're just as important, important as your father. I, Rachel faltered, her eyes, her tear, a tear traced down her cheek. I know you don't believe this now, Pan said, but look for opportunities, they will come. Finally, he turned back towards Grover. 
My dear satyr, Pan said kindly, will you carry my message? I, I can't. You can, Pan said. You're the strongest and bravest. Your heart is true. You have believed in me more than anyone ever has, which is why you must bring this message and why you must be the first to release me. I don't want to. I know, the god said. But my name, Pan, it, it originally means rustic. Did you know that? Over the years, it has come to mean all. The spirit of the wild must pass on to all of you now. You must tell each other, tell each one you meet. If you would find Pan, take up Pan's spirit. Remake the wild and lid a little at a time, each in your own corner of the world. You cannot wait for anyone else, even God, to do that for you. Grover wiped his eyes. And slowly he stood. I've spent my whole life looking for you now. Now I release you? Pan smiled. Thank you, dear, my dear satyr. My final blessing. He closed his eyes. And the god dissolved. White mist dived into wisps of energy. But his kind as... But this kind of energy wasn't scary like the blue power I'd seen from Kronos. It filled the room. A curl of smoke went through straight into my mouth. And Grover's and the others. I think a little more of it went into Grover. The crystal dimmed. The animals gave us a sad look. Dee Dee the dodo sighed. Then they all turned green, crumbled to dust. The vines withered. And we were alone in a dark cave with an empty bed. I switched on my flashlight. And Grover took a deep breath. Are, are you okay? I asked him. He looked older and sadder. He took off his cap from Annabeth. He took his cap from Annabeth, brushed off the mud, and stuck it firmly on his curly head. We should go now, he said, and tell them. The great god Pan is dead. And that was chapter 17. Um, a lot of emotions pretty much everywhere. Uh, I try, I, <coughs> oh, my throat's so dry. I try to read with, read with a bit of emotion. Uh, that sounds really weird. Um, yeah, but I'm, it's not too easy and I hope I don't mess it up very, very badly because sometimes it can be like, yeah, well, that's not it. What? Like if you something, if you think something is very sad and then I'm like, making or like yeah it can be interpreted in the wrong way i guess i can read something very dramatically and you think it's depressing and now you might have wanted me to read quickly but sad and then i read depressed and slow yeah i don't i don't know i hope um you guys like that and this is a pre-recorded chapter so if you do comment which uh, please do at podbean.com or download the app podbean look for my podcast which percy jackson on the little search icon thingy um yeah i should come up and then comment whatever you're thinking but uh this is a pre-recorded episode like i said so i will be wh- whenever i see the comment in real time i guess um i'll read for that chapter but uh, i'm going on vacation so i'll be not I will not be reading in, which is why I'm pre-recording a bunch of chapters. I never pre-record a chapter. I'm very bad at keeping a schedule. I said I'd dry thrown tonight. Um, and for everybody 
who's I know a lot of people are graduating now and uh, or you've if you've done it a month earlier or whenever you did it um congratulations and if you're just going out of some random grade or whatever you're doing right now with your life good luck keep going